Abnermaris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is today. On the show, they chat about topics like sports, music, culture, and family life, and, you know, being a husband and a girl dad. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Maris wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish are out on Wednesdays. Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football or NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May. And if you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and everything in between. We always talk about some fantasy football because this is a Rotoviz podcast, and we always make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. Last week, we covered some strategies that should help us all get through this strange football season with all these COVID outbreaks and just odd situations with schedules and games getting canceled, delayed, everything like that. But we also, on the brighter side, talked about some freshman breakout players that are already proving their worth as future NFL playmakers while still in college today. This week, though, I thought it best to talk about the new wide receiver one overall for Dynasty Fantasy Football Leagues and really the the player that's emerging as the most dominant force and maybe the most valuable player through the air in all of football. You know, that's not a passer anyway, uh, because that's really his quarterback, DK Metcalf. But also, I want to talk about how we can learn from DK Metcalf and, and really the journey that took him from a high school football player and college football recruit to where he is today. And really dig deep and talk about a few players that may very well be the next DK Metcalf who are still currently filling the stat sheet in college. And really beyond that, what goes into making a future Hall of Famer like DK Metcalf and that that level of elite athlete, that level of prospect and, and how we kind of predict the future. I talked about some of that this summer and some of what I wrote for Rotoviz, but want to help kind of map it out and so we can maybe help predict the future with uh, the next generation of playmakers that break out in huge ways by year two. But before we dive into that, I have to take a moment and talk about the other man of the hour on the NFL side of things, sadly. And that's Dak Prescott. Yes, as you already know by now, most likely, Dak Prescott suffered a compound fracture and dislocation of his ankle on Sunday and will miss the remainder of the 2020 season. But if you're a Cowboys fan or perhaps a dynasty fantasy football owner of Dak, don't freak out too badly just yet. Yes, it is incredibly sad he's going to be out. Yes, that injury was absolutely gross. But keep in mind, you still, if you're a Cowboys fan, if you're a dynasty fantasy football owner with Dak on your team, you still have a future Hall of Famer on your team. Think that's a bit much? Think that's, you know, hyperbole maybe? Uh, no, not 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 in the slightest. Let's just take a quick look at Dak by the numbers. I mean, through four, I mean, just, just four and a quarter seasons, Dak is already inside the top 130 in both passing yards 
and passing touchdowns. He already has a playoff win, too, on his resume, which for the Cowboys is a rarity for, like, you know, whatever, the last 25 years or so. He still probably needs to get a bit deeper in the playoffs before we have a true Hall of Fame conversation. And obviously, I'm not saying he, if he was done today, he would be in. I'm just saying he is beyond on track for that kind of career. I mean, he's actually on a faster pace yardage-wise than basically... Well, virtually all current Hall of Famers at the quarterback position, uh, passing yardage-wise, and other modern era guys who you know have been high-volume passers as well. He's actually on a faster pace than them, faster than Matt Ryan, who actually he's if he does stick around for a few more years, he could be up in the Drew Brees range yardage-wise, and he's on a faster pace, in fact, than Russell Wilson, the guy that's been cooking here lately, uh, actually on a faster pace than him too through four and a quarter seasons. So, despite Dak missing this entire year, he would still be just about on the same pace as both of those guys. Uh, so Dak has been absolutely killing it. And, and we can't forget that Dak was actually on pace to absolutely annihilate the single season passing yards record this season before going down with injury. Yes, he's been overshadowed here recently by guys like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson's cooking. I mean, even Kyler Murray even lately, I mean, because of all that he's doing on the ground and through the air. But the truth of the matter is Dak has been sneakily, you know, right there with all of them production wise. He hasn't won the the big game like Patrick Mahomes. He hasn't won the MVP just yet, but he's been doing all the right things and, and frankly carrying the Cowboys at times alongside Ezekiel Elliott. So what I'm saying is in Dynasty, if you have them on your rosters, don't freak out. Don't go selling them crazy and don't sell the farm to acquire Andy Dalton. But the truth is, Andy Dalton is not a scrub either. So don't panic if you have any of the other offensive pieces on your fantasy football rosters, even in redraft leagues, because Andy Dalton isn't some just random scrub. Yes, he he didn't have a, a, a fairy tale ending uh, with the Bengals, but he's a pro. He's been around a long time, and this is probably the best group of playmakers combined with offensive scheme that, that Dalton has ever had to date. So we could still see, see some good things for the Cowboys this year and certainly beyond that after Dak returns. But back to the most dominant offensive playmaker in football and the dynasty wide receiver one, DK Metcalf. And yes, you know, if you've been following along with the podcast, I've mentioned DK Metcalf a lot this summer, talked about him as one of the, the key real true breakout players. I mean, last year he had 900 receiving yards, but we see that biggest bump in year two. So I talked about DK Metcalf along with a handful of other players who are doing well this year as guys that would break out. And DK has crushed, absolutely crushed the expectations even that I had for him. He's actually in that same range that I kind of talked about, that 120 to 130 target range. That's about the pace that he is on right now. And that's that bump in targets that we see from year one to year two, that was about the expected outcome that you would like to see from players that, you know, take that year one to year two next step and and become those perennial wide receiver one, wide receiver two contributors for fantasy football purposes and for real football impact. Those players that carry their offenses, he is seeing that kind of next step and beyond really. He's he's becoming like the most valuable player not named Russell Wilson on his team, and he is the wide receiver one overall in the NFL right now, period. I mean, he just wrapped up yet another 90-plus receiving yard performance, 
plus three clutch receptions on Seattle's final drive when it counted most, including the 39-yard or 40-yard, whatever it was, catch on 4th and 10, and the game-winning 6-yard touchdown. And, and really, just looking at his season numbers, I mentioned the targets. He is on pace right now for 125 targets, but he's on pace for 70 receptions, 1,587 yards, and 16 touchdowns if he keeps up this ridiculous pace. I don't think he's going to maintain the 20-plus yards per reception clip that he's on, but if the volume keeps ticking up like it has, it's going to be crazy. And, and really, just this past week, I heard people saying things like, yeah, DK's been great, but he'll never be a real volume guy in Seattle, so I can't really rank him that high. Uh, 11 targets this week, ladies and gents, and he's on pace, like I said, for 125 targets right now, but if Seattle continues to feed him like they did this week, Metcalf could end up around 150 targets on the year. So, I mean, do you know how many receivers finished with 150 plus targets last season? Yeah, it's it's five. Five wide receivers. It's, it's clear that Metcalf is on his way to becoming a real volume receiver. I don't care if the Seahawks don't pass 50 times a game like the Cowboys do. Metcalf is still becoming a volume receiver at six foot three, two hundred and thirty pounds, with four four forty speed, and he's and he's just twenty two years old. He is clearly the dynasty wide receiver one. I mean, all the other likely young productive candidates that we wanted to see continue to break out in the NFL this year and 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 really take over their offense have, have in some way disappointed. I mean, guys like DJ Moore, I mean, he's he's been usurped by former Jet kind of deep threat, kind of volume guy when he's healthy, Robbie Anderson. Uh, and, you know, he had a good week this week, but not not being what we wanted him to be. Chris Godwin, I mean, he, he's had trouble staying healthy. He's not what we wanted him to be. Cortland Sutton thought he could take a next step, you know, and and he's not been healthy. A.J. Brown has not been healthy. Well, the, the whole Titans roster has not been healthy. And all those guys have really disappointed. And, and meanwhile, Metcalf has exploded. Well, what about Calvin Ridley, Travis? Ridley's already almost 26 years old, guys. It's funny and that's not ancient by any means in, in the dynasty world, but dynasty, and for those of you that don't play dynasty fantasy football, really the price on players starts to go down as soon as they turn 27, maybe 28 for wide receivers, but definitely, definitely 27, 28 in that range. It, people assume that's the peak and they're already on their way down. So we're going to blink and Calvin Ridley is going to be already at 27. Meanwhile, Metcalf is seriously three full years younger. So, I mean, there's not really a, a single receiver that I'd rather have long for long-term fantasy football purposes than DK Metcalf. And really, if NFL GMs could just hold a do-over draft right now, say say they all got on Madden and were like, you know what, screw it, let's just, let's just, 2020 uh, has been crazy, let's start all over. I, I would actually wager that I think at least half of them, half of real NFL GMs, I think right now, would select Metcalf as their wide receiver one overall to help build their roster for not only fantasy football, but for real football purposes too. That That's how impactful DK Metcalf's 4-4 speed is on the perimeter. I don't care if he's just running slants and goes and little bubble screens that are really an extension of the running game. Metcalf has, has been a difference maker crush anyone's expectations for him I know obviously anybody who's watched his film dating back to college has realized that he was kind of a slam dunk prospect athletically but he has just crushed the expectations I think of anybody this early yes yes he looked like the real deal 
on film. It, like if he figured it out and added some layers to his game, he was going to be a ridiculous Julio Jones level playmaker. And he's done that, but man, he's done it even more than we, I think we could have possibly imagined and is already on a faster career pace than Julio Jones was coming out into the NFL. But Metcalf is truly the kind of player that this show is all about. What do I mean by that? So, I mean, this show is, is called College to Canton. It's all about the journey from a being a football recruit to a good college player to a great pro player to the Hall of Fame, and, and I think DK Metcalf is the perfect kind of player that's on that kind of trajectory. I mean, if we look back to his high school days, he was a top-tier recruit making one-handed catches over the middle, dunking on kids You know, from age 15 on up, was a no-brainer, like once-in-a-decade type athlete, didn't land the five-star designation, didn't have the perfect high school film because, again, he was super raw. I mean, he was really athletic, but only ran, really ran like two routes, three routes coming into college. And Ole Miss took advantage of that. They, they recognized, look, we've got this guy who is bigger than everybody else, stronger than everybody else, faster than everybody else. We can just put him on go routes and he's, he's open. Put him on slant routes, he boxes out. Maybe throw a screen here and there, and he's going to win. Maybe run a curl route and you know, keep it simple for this big, awesome athlete and just let him run with the ball. And he didn't maintain perfect health. He didn't have the perfect production profile. He only caught two, two passes, I think, his, his freshman year. Uh, didn't really stay healthy his final season and didn't have the true kind of breakout crazy ceiling. He had huge games at times crushed it with some long touchdowns his his highlight moments were unbelievable but he didn't have that that perfect production profile that that's super predictable when it comes to uh you know saying you know this guy checks every box with the route running he checks every box with production he you know he we saw him progress year one year two year three perfectly in a way that we like to see it in a way that you know is, is proven has been proven over the years to hit over and over and over DK Metcalf wasn't that prospect I mean there's tons of pro- prospects every year that are more easy to predict but Metcalf he was a little bit more raw he, he didn't have the full route tree figured out so from a film standpoint, there were things to pick apart. He didn't have the perfect production profile. I mean, he didn't even really have, he had kind of one full season where he was starting <laughs> and that was all we had to go off of. And then a partial season where he did dominate, but it was cut short. So with Metcalf and, and predicting future success, he had the pedigree out of high school recruiting. He was like a top 100 recruit, not top tier five star, but he was in that range he went to a school, dominated, and had peak moments, but didn't check the the production profile perfectly. He didn't check the, the route tree box perfectly. So so how do we identify players like that? Like For those of us that play in, in super nerdy, <laughs> devy fantasy football leagues where we can actually roster uh, college football players uh, before they're in the pros, or better yet, in college to Canton leagues. If you're in college to Canton leagues and you, you're playing college fantasy football alongside NFL fantasy football and you're having these players produce in college, but you know, how do you identify these players that maybe aren't even perfect producers in college, but you believe in their profile anyway? How do we find those guys? And, and, and that's the question that I think us nerds that really like to dive into this, whether it's from the real football angle and we want to find that that sleeper that we can talk about to get excited about for our, our real football NFL teams. Or if we're in fantasy football and trying to predict the future and, and drafting these guys years in advance, trying to 
find these players that can make a difference on fantasy football rosters for a decade, like I think DK Metcalf is going to prove that he can do, how do we find those players? That's the question, and that's what I'm going to dive into on the other side. But first, a word from our fantastic sponsors and our Rotoviz family. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't, and you have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there's no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire with 73% that yes that's 73% of online job seekers visiting indeed each month indeed is going to get you the important hire you need just like they have for over 3 million businesses right now indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post which means more quality candidates will see it fast Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31. The wait is finally over and football is back. It's been back for a few weeks now and it's been a blast. And you know, you still might not be at a game this year, depending on what team you root for, depending on the rules, if you can get a ticket, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads, totals, to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts. What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code. 2020 RV radio at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now back to the show. All right. So how do we predict the future when it comes to NFL prospects? How do we find these college football recruits these really good college football players that might not have the perfect production profile and still sift through all this this mess and say that we can predict draft capital or say that we can predict future NFL production for players like that, for players like DK Metcalf. Well, first off, before I get too far ahead of myself, I kind of slightly mentioned this before, and I mentioned it on, on the Predictive Metrics podcast that I had with Peter Howard earlier this summer. Actually, with a solid production profile, we can we can pretty accurately predict NFL draft capital. When you look at a player's adjusted dominator rating, which is basically just a team, you know, a wide receiver's percentage of uh, their team's receiving yards and receiving touchdowns averaged together, uh, that's their dominator rating. 
There are multiple definitions for it. You can weight things one way or the other, but you look at their dominator rating, you look at their adjusted yards per team pass attempt numbers, which is exactly what it sounds like, yards per team pass attempt, or touchdowns per team pass attempt, and combine them into one metric. I call it my adjusted production index. That has shown to actually predict draft capital pretty well. I mean, not only just power five wide receivers, but all college football wide receivers. Basically, if I looked at a 15 year window of production profiles and looked at where those receivers were drafted. If you're in the 90th percentile in the adjusted production index, no matter what level of play, 31% of those players got round one draft capital. If you had a 90th percentile or better adjusted production index, if you had a 60th percentile or better adjusted production index with a good dominator yards per team pass attempt numbers and touchdown per team pass attempt numbers, Almost 60% of the time, you're drafted inside day two of the NFL draft or better. Again, almost 60% of the time, if you have a 60th percentile or better adjusted production index, and that's all wide receivers. But when you narrow it down and you look at just Power 5 conference wide receivers, like the the players that are playing for the big schools, the the Big Ten, the ACC, the SEC, the Pac-12, the Big 12, those Power 5 conferences... The numbers get even more promising. If you have a 90th percentile or better production profile and you play for a Power 5 conference team, over 40% of the time you get round one draft capital. And not only that, 85% of the time you get day two or better draft capital. And you don't even have to be like super high percentile. Like let's say you're over 70th percentile adjusted production index looking at dominator yards per team pass attempt, touchdowns per team pass attempt. Again, it's 78% of the time for 70th percentile guys, around 78% of the time for 80th percentile guys. And again, 85% of the time, if you are a a top 10% type producer in college, 85% of the time you get day two or better draft capital. Over 40% of the time you get round one draft capital. It's funny when you look at these players, if they're doing that in an, at an early age, it's even more accurate than that. I mean, it sounds self-explanatory and it sounds super simple. And it, and that's because it is. If you are an elite producer at an, at an early age in college, we can predict that you're going to be drafted highly in the NFL draft. Like for instance, this after this past January, I could have told you already, Jamar Chase is going to be a first-round pick. Rashad Bateman, Devontae Smith, Tylen Wallace, almost 100% certainty, I can tell you, will all all be day one or day two draft picks. For those that play Debbie fantasy football, that might be a duh type thing, but but to the average person or the, the person that is a college football fan or NFL football fan, that wouldn't be a given, but we can say that looking at history and looking at where these players typically go, you have a huge advantage if you are a productive receiver at an early age. And I broke that down and and talked about the ways that we measure production with Peter Howard in an earlier podcast this summer. If you want to dig back through some old episodes, find the one talking about meaningful metrics. I believe that's the title. Uh, Peter Howard, one of my favorite follows on Twitter, at P.A. Howdy. We dove deep into meaningful metrics that can help us predict the future. But what happens again when we have somebody that doesn't have a perfect profile? Because some of those guys still hit. If you're not looking at numbers and you're not box score scouting uh, and you want to say, hey, I want this player to hit or hey, I want to find the players that might hit that look like DK Metcalf. Well, there are some things to look for in prospects like DK that would have been dead giveaways. Like, you know, maybe 4-3-3 speed is six foot three, 230 pounds. Not everybody has that. That's really only that kind of athleticism is seriously once in a decade, if that. 
But there are some other things to look for and some other guys that are in college football right now that are looking very similar to DK Metcalf in how they break out production-wise, the recruiting, and physically. Maybe not quite as fast, but definitely looking the part and could very well be the next DK Metcalf to hit and explode at the NFL level in the same or similar way. And without diving into half of college football, there's a bunch of big body guys that I could name, but two names you need to watch for the 2021 and 2022 NFL drafts that I'm super excited about, believing in, trying to acquire anywhere that I can in nerdy Debbie football leagues right now, Terrace Marshall of LSU and George Pickens of Georgia. Why is that? We'll break it down piece by piece. First, I mentioned the recruiting aspect of things. DK Metcalf, if you follow along with recruiting way back in the day, top 100 recruit, doesn't take too much effort to dig through old huddle film and see these guys absolutely annihilating. Terrace Marshall was actually not only a top 100 recruit, he was the 13th overall recruit in the nation in the class of 2018. He was a five-star kid, obviously, six foot three, 190-ish pounds. Plus, I mean, he had an, an absurd high school production profile, had like 2,600 receiving yards and 30 touchdowns in his final two seasons. Absolutely balled out. Came to LSU and had to, you know, kind of wait his turn to produce. And even last year uh, was on the most prolific offense of all time. What was essentially third fiddle to two other first round picks in Justin Jefferson. And obviously Jamar Chase will be a first round pick next spring. Justin Jefferson playing for the Vikings right now, already breaking out in his first year. But Terrace Marshall had the recruiting. We should have known he was going to break out. He was going to be given the opportunity well before he even caught a, a pass in college. And then Pickens, he was actually the 24th overall recruit in the nation, class of 2019. So just last year, a five-star also, 6'3", again, about 6'3", 190. And he had a ridiculous finish to his high school career as well, 1,400-plus yards and 15 touchdowns in his final season of high school. Crazy recruits, top-tier kids going to Blue Blood schools. We could have seen it coming. And they were walking into situations where there were key pieces that were either departing or going to depart very soon where they could see significant market share in their offenses pretty soon in their college football career. And they both eventually did. Pickens broke out immediately. Marshall broke out a little bit slower, but still did so pretty well last year. I mean, he posted just over, and this is his true sophomore season in 2019, just over a 20% dominator rating, which he could have done much more. However, he actually kind of injured his ankle in the Vanderbilt game. I was actually there. I was kind of concerned, had him in some DFS rosters, but luckily I also had Chase, who went off for like four touchdowns that, that day, but that's just kind of inside. Uh, not relevant to this conversation, but Terrace Marshall kind of, and I mean, if you look at the 20% dominator, like if a true breakout season, some people count 20% as a breakout year, but really at Rotoviz, we like to see a 30% dominator. That's a much safer hit rate. That's, you know, around 50th percentile for NFL prospects. So we want to see somebody break that 30% dominator threshold at some point, especially early on. It's better if they can do that. So not, not perfect from a dominator rating side of things. And really kind of underwhelmed in terms of yards per team pass attempt. Because uh, it's hard hard to eat into the yards per team pass attempt numbers when you have Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase on your same team. But he did dominate when it comes to touchdowns per team pass attempt. And that's because of his monstrous size and his ability to get open in multiple ways in, in tight spaces. He actually scored touchdowns at a higher rate last season than any other receiver in all of college football. 
all of college football. That's including his teammates, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, and every other touchdown scoring machine in college football last year. And he still missed the thresholds that we like to see production-wise overall, but that aspect of his game is one of the most impressive. And this year, he's actually scoring touchdowns at an even higher rate. He already has over 400 receiving yards and seven touchdowns, had over 200 receiving yards in his last game this past weekend, three touchdowns in that game. So he's already, again, leading all of college football for players with at least three games played and more than 10 receptions in touchdown rate. So his first two seasons kind of missed the thresholds we like to see. This season, unlike DK Metcalf, he could absolutely explode and have a full season of production. But even if it was cut short and he was done today, his profile would actually look very similar to DK Metcalf. Terrace Marshall did virtually nothing as a freshman. Broke out kind of almost as a sophomore. Uh, you know, the, the scale of that offense was ridiculous. He did score 13 touchdowns, so his raw numbers looked great, but still kind of missed what we like to see. And then was exploding, and hopefully we can we continue to see that explosion of production, even with a new quarterback, because he's already looking like a better prospect than Metcalf was in terms of a complete route-running touchdown scoring machine so if he continues and has one more strong season before he's drafted next spring that would be excellent in predicting future NFL success he just won't have that 4-3-3 speed that Metcalf does so production wise very similar especially if his season was some for some reason hopefully not but if it was for some reason cut short he would have almost an identical production profile to DK Metcalf and the size, and the ability to just box out defenders. So he looks very similar from multiple angles. Pickens, on the other hand, way more impressive producer out of the gate. True freshman season, and accounted for 30% of Georgia's passing offense as a true freshman. That was the best numbers by far when it comes to receiving yard market share, receiving touchdown market share. He was kind of average in terms of yards per team pass attempt and touchdowns per team pass attempt numbers, but he can get there. However, there's a problem because he had such a crazy fast start. Now he's in a situation where he's actually not even the lead receiver this year so far for Georgia. So for those that like to see a progression in their prospects, when it comes to just numbers wise, uh, there might be some questions after this season. And that's because Kiaris Jackson is currently accounting for 30% of Georgia's receiving offense. So what, what Pickens was doing last year, Kiaris Jackson is doing it now. And it's kind of less impressive because Jackson is actually three years in. Uh, He has one redshirt season, one season of nothing. But he's currently accounting for 30% of Georgia's receiving offense. 40% of the yards, 20% of the touchdowns. And so really, Kiaris Jackson is is a player that you should look at if you are in Debbie Fantasy Football Leagues. If if you're interested in NFL draft conversations, he's going to be somebody that is ascending quickly when it comes to NFL draft capital after this season in fact if he explodes enough he's actually eligible for 2021 i i would expect that he returns and plays in 2021 next year and doesn't commit to the draft until 2022 but jackson and pickens could both be day one or day two picks if they continue on this trajectory kiaris is not as impressive as an athlete necessarily and he doesn't have the recruiting pedigree either But he's off to a ridiculous start with 300 receiving yards already this season. So if that eats into Pickens' numbers, there are going to be some numbers nerds uh, like myself that, that might have some questions about his profile. Don't let that deter you, though. Pickens was a prolific playmaker 
as a true freshman, still making some ball and catches. Actually had a perfect diving touchdown grab up the left sideline uh, just two weeks ago. He, he's going to still produce this year. He's going to be one of the NFL Draft's favorite wide receivers when he is eligible in 2022. But just like DK Metcalf, he could have an imperfect profile if it is that he looks like he regresses from that peak start. So if he has a down year, take advantage of that if you're in, in a Debbie League and, and trade for Pickens. Or if you're a, a Georgia fan, don't freak out because Pickens is still a stud playmaking machine as, as far as producing at a very young age. I just hope he continues to do so. I hope they give him more looks. I hope Kiaris Jackson and Pickens can both eat this year in terms of target share. But from a film side of things, it, it really is funny. Pickens and Marshall are very similar. They're both dominant 50-50 ball kind of players. They both can create separation as route runners, actually, but also with long striding speed like a Cortland Sutton can. They might not have that 4-3 speed that, that DK Metcalf has, so maybe not the Julio Jones-esque upside, but they both can can dominate in ways that DK Metcalf could not do or did not do uh, when he was at Ole Miss. They both can track the ball well, and I, and I can both confidently say that given what they're doing now, given what they've already done, they're probably going to see day two capital or better, given what the resumes say already. But just to recap here with these two guys and, and any other player that doesn't really look perfect when it comes to the production profile. Obviously, it's important to kind of look at top tier pedigree guys first. That matters because most of the time those guys actually do have the athletic traits. Uh, they, they stood out head and shoulders above the competition from a very early age. So whether or not they produced early, they still looked the part from a very early age. So pedigree does matter from that standpoint. When you look at draft capital, four and five star kids absolutely crush the three star results in terms of future draft capital. So look at those top tier, top 100, top 150, especially top 30 or 40 kind of pedigree guys. Those are going to have higher hit rates. They might not have perfect production, but look for the peaks. Look for the guys with absurd touchdown rates. Look for the guys that have the absurd scoring streaks, even if they had an imperfect season where they got injured and missed some time. Did they dominate in the games where they could? And did they dominate from a film aspect in one way, two ways, three ways? It might not be that they're the perfect route runner, but did they dominate at 50-50 balls? Did they dominate in one particular metric over the other? They don't have to be a perfect prospect. I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect prospect, but when they don't have the profile, those are the things to look for. The pedigree, the peaks in their production, and the domination in one way or two ways from a film standpoint. That's how you build a DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf, like I said, did not have the route tree. He basically was a three route guy, but he figured it out and he figured it out because he landed in the perfect situation. So situation is still everything when assessing players after they land on roster. So for fantasy football purposes, I've been known to be stubborn with this. I, I get stuck on my pre-draft process on these players, but situation is everything. And DK Metcalf is proof of this. He needed a good quarterback, and he got a good a good quarterback. Not only that, a Hall of Fame-level quarterback at that with Russell Wilson. And he needed a good offensive system that could utilize his strengths the right way. Just say, hey, look, we don't need you to have it all figured out. Just go do what you are good at right now. And he got that. And he needed a good coaching staff that would be patient with him in helping him to, to develop the other skills 
without benching him for not running a full route tree, for, for making mistakes. I mean, he, he did a bunch last year, but he's already doing it again this year. Think about the, the goal line punch out situation where he just, had he hustled, he'd had an, an additional touchdown. Instead, he lost the ball headed into the end zone. Good situations with good quarterbacks, good schemes, good coaching staff that don't give up on talented playmakers. That matters. So, so again, that's how we find the outliers that hit. Good situations matched with top tier pedigree, matched with incredible peak production, matched with domination in one or even two key ways. That's how we sift through all this this mess of, of good players to find the great players that could become good pro players, great pro players, and eventually make it to the Hall of Fame. Because that's what the show's all about. The prospect analysis, the story of college recruits making their way to the pros and all the way to Canton, Ohio in the Professional Football Hall of Fame. But hey, that's all the time I have for this week's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed this dive into the wide receiver one and and what builds a, a future a future Hall of Famer. But if you have questions on anything that I mentioned, I mentioned a few production metrics in passing. I've talked about them before, but I love to kind of break them down and what they mean because uh, it's more than just a number. It's how they got there. It's and I understand that it's more than just box score scouting. So, but I, I'm always down to talk about process and prospect analysis so feel free to reach out to me on twitter at ff underscore travis m or leave a question in your review please do rate and review this podcast wherever you listen it helps us out a lot uh still pretty new show only 16 episodes in but thanks again for listening and i hope you're enjoying football being back and i look forward to you joining me soon for many more episodes of the college the canton podcast